Hi, this is Colin McCallan. Thank you for listening. Please do us a favor and leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. Thank you. Welcome to Is This Legal? Here are your hosts, attorneys Colin McCallan and Russell Hevitz. Hello, hello, friends. My name is Russell Hevitz. I'm here with my partner, Colin McCallan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Is This Legal? We're coming to you from Denver, Colorado. And today, well, we're in March, Colin. We're in the middle of March, and that means the madness has begun. Well, it means a couple of things. I mean, it was 70 degrees yesterday, and it's 25 degrees today. Very, very March, right? Welcome to Colorado in March. Yeah. And I think what you were getting at is uh, there's a pretty important basketball tournament going on, and both of us are big fans of that tournament. We are. Do you have your bracket filled out? I I do. I do. We'll see. I'm in a family bracket, so there's bragging rights at stake. We'll see how I do. Um, I don't know. I don't feel great about my picks, to be honest with you. I I, I never do. Right. (laughs) Have you ever said, oh, yeah, this is the winning bracket, right? I've never said that. I will tell you, my 15-year-old son, Cameron, this year um, told me that Yep, he's going to be the one who has a perfect bracket this year. Oh, wow. He's the guy. So he's the guy. Well, I'm glad I know that guy. Despite the odds, yeah. you know. Well, Creighton peeps out there, I think I'm going to try and make it to Ball Arena, uh, what, Friday for the first round. And uh, hopefully I'll see you there. And if you're listening to this after that game has been played, you just got to find yourself a time machine, jet on back to uh, Friday of this week and wave to me at Ball Arena. It'll be totally worth it. And you can meet the one and only Colin McCallan. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell your kids about it. Speaking of basketball, Russ, yes. I mean, this, this was just a great way to uh, introduce our podcast topic because we're going to be talking about what's going on with NBA star Ja Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies. You may have read about uh, Mr. Morant because he has been in the news. Why has he been in the news, Russ? Well, first, for anyone who doesn't follow basketball, Ja Morant, he's not just an NBA player. He's an NBA all-star. He was the number two overall pick in 2019. He is a two-time all-star. He is a former rookie of the year. Yeah, and 2020 rookie of the year. If you watch this guy play, just go go Google Ja Morant highlights. This guy is athletic. He is aggressive. He can jump. He just takes it to the hoop. I mean, he I got has... some stats for you. I mean, this year, Russ... Averaging 27 points a game, eight, eight assists, 6.06 6 <laughs> rebounds <laughs> per game. Um, and they're in second place in the West, the Grizzlies yeah. are. So yeah. he's having a great year. He is having a great year. He's it's, not having a great week, though, is he? He's not having a great week. He's not having a great week. He was, he was in town. In Denver. In Denver. Um, and he lost to the Nuggets, and he went out in Denver after that loss, and he got himself in some hot water. He got himself in some hot water through actions of his own. But before we get into the current incident that we're going to be talking about, let's talk about his history, because this isn't the first time he's gotten into hot water off the court, is it? No, it's not. No, I mean, first of all, he's, he's young. He's 23 years old. Right. Okay, so he's a young player. His, his frontal lobe is not fully developed, Colin. As they say. And um, he's, he's getting involved with dumb things that are unfortunately drawing attention, that is unfortunately drawing attention to himself. So, um, Russ, you looked into this a little bit more than I did, but I think there, there, was a, there were a couple of incidents in the last year where police were called 
to yeah. investigate the actions of our friend Jaw here. Yeah, I, I did look into this. So one of them was <laughs> Mr. Morant invites a local 17-year-old high school prospect, so a really good basketball player in the Memphis area, to his house for a pickup game. And they're playing a pickup game at his house, and things get heated. They get so heated that Ja and one of his friends punches a 17-year-old high school kid in the head multiple times, laying him out on the ground, leaving a giant knot on his head. Police are called. So he, he not only does that, he lays this kid out. He then goes into his house. He comes back out with a gun in his waistband. Hmm. Okay. So, so well, going back to the first incident, was it a block or a charge, Russ? <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what led to this, right? I don't I mean, know. I don't it know. sounds like the seventeen-year-old kid needs to toughen up a little bit. I, I, I mean, if you if you can't handle the heat, stay out of the kitchen. You, guessing, don't play with John Moran, right? right? I'm, I'm guessing there was no ref, and and and, and, and there was. He was looking the other way right, during right. a one-on-one game, in. right? That would be great if there I, was a ref. I am, uh, uh, according to Ja and his statement to the police, because police were called. I mean, this kid filed a complaint. Um, the kid threw a ball at his head first, and so Ja hit him in self-defense. Okay. And the police essentially agreed. Right? Didn't take any action. Didn't, didn't charge him. Okay. Right? Seems appropriate. Yeah. Um, now, he's still facing a civil suit because this 17-year-old kid he is. decided... I think oh, John I, I, Morant might have some money. Yeah, I'd like to sue Mr. 30 million a year. I, I feel I feel like he has some resources, some pockets that I can dive into. No, that's not all though, Russ. I mean, what else what what, what else is recent history running up to this little thing we're going to be talking about? There was some incredibly stupid altercation outside of a shopping mall where uh Mr. Morant and his entourage got into an altercation with the head of security of the mall. And there's an allegation that one of his friends, one of his group, pushed the security chief in the head. Um, again, it was reported. It wasn't, didn't make news at the time. Neither of these things actually made news at the time. It wasn't until afterwards that these came out. But again, it was reported. It was investigated. No action was taken. So okay. I, I'm, I'm sure because most people feel about security mall guards as, <laughs> as I do, which is, you know, the... T- <laughs> Get out of my face and just let me find the gap, please. I think they actually made a movie about that. <laughs> was, wasn't he on a, uh, what, what's it called? The the little scooter, the two-wheel scooter? Is it Paul, Paul Blart? I don't yes, know. that sounds right. I just like how they have to wear the hats. They, uh, the Mountie hats, right? What, sometimes oh, Segway. the Ranger hat. Yeah. Segway. Sometimes the Ranger right, like right, the right. Trooper hats. Just, just cruising around on their Segway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, sounds like the right result there. We can right. all agree. <laughs> we can all agree John Morant was in the, in, the, in the right there. I don't know why I brought it up. <laughs> again, though, this stuff is in the papers. This yeah, stuff yeah. is on TMZ. And, and, this stuff is hurting the brand of the Memphis Grizzlies. This is and, hurting uh, the brand of the NBA. And it's, this is hurting the brand of John Morant. I mean, right. this is a guy with a ton of endorsements. He has a shoe deal mm-hmm. with Nike. Yep, he's one of those athletes. You know, like, he, yeah, he's one of those guys. So the last one is potentially the most serious, although punching a 17-year-old in the head is not great. But this was this happened. There was some big incident between John Morant's entourage again. 
Yeah. And people from somehow associated with the Indianapolis Pacers. And it was when the Pacers were playing the Grizzlies at the Grizzlies home stadium. And there was again, some incident where the Pacers people were being targeted with at a minimum, a red laser pointer. And they believe that it that laser weapon. Po- yeah. It might've yeah. been attached to a gun. It's pretty dangerous, pretty dangerous. And John Morant's one of his best friends actually got permanently banned from the stadium over this incident. Okay. So we wanted to set up the history here because, again, this isn't the first skirmish this guy has had um, with the possibility of getting arrested. Um, And that all leads to this situation where um, he gets investigated for this situation in Denver. Uh, And again, Russ talked about it a little bit. But uh, I guess the summary of what he got in trouble for. He is at a Denver gentleman's club called Shotgun Willies. And stay tuned because we got more info on Shotgun Willies. Um, But he's there with a group of people. And of course, that's significant. You might call it an entourage. He's got a couple of security guards, at least one friend. And um, they are spending a ton of money at this club. More about that in a little bit as well. Yep. Uh, and essentially, at some point, he takes a uh, a live stream of himself. I, I don't remember what social media Instagram, he was using. Instagram. Instagram Live. And so he started uh, doing Insta Live and films himself with a handgun uh, on full display in the middle of his club. Okay. Yeah. So remember, this is a NBA player who is on the road. He's not in his home city. He's in Denver right. with the gun. Okay, so did he travel with the gun? You know, these, these are the things that start to uh, come up in the media. What's going on with this video? And um, this, is, this is, again, a, a liquor establishment. You can drink there. Right. Uh, I mean, so was he drunk with a gun? Because that's against the law. So all of these questions are swirling around this whole thing. Well, and like more to the point, this is a guy who is a role model. Right. This has, John Morant has... Tens of thousands, I don't know, of fans out there, ton of which are underage, aspiring basketball players, boys, children, who are now seeing him glamorize right. flashing a gun. In, in a gentleman's club. It, yeah. Right. You yeah, know. exactly. So the, yeah, the, N, the NBA doesn't really want a big slice <laughs> of that pie that he's serving up. <laughs> they, they don't smile on conduct no, like that. No, they do not. Um, so, so here's what happens. There are essentially two investigations that begin, right, Russ? We have the civil investigation. Well, well I call it civil. The NBA right. does their investigation, okay, as they right. often do in cases like this. And then, of course, there's a police investigation right. by the Glendale Police Department. And they are focusing in on the very questions I was just, you know, addressing. How did he get the gun? Was it his gun? Did he travel from Memphis to Denver with the gun? Um, did he did he bring the gun to team facilities? Yeah. Had there, he done this before? Right. So there's there's a lot here to unpack around this conduct, you know. But be, be, and we're going to unpack all of this. But before we do, let's let's talk just a little bit about. Shotgun Willies. I mean, we Shotgun Willies is probably half a mile from our office. From, it's it's half a mile from where we're talking right now. It's yeah. right up the road. Yeah, um, it, 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 it's the Spearmint Rhino to Las Vegas. That yeah, I guess Shotgun Willies is to Denver. Very notable gentleman's club. It's been around for 40 years. Been around forever. You know, the athletes go there. I mean, it, it's it's definitely one of those kind of places. Um, recently. I, I took the liberty, Russ, of uh, 
pulling up the Denver Post most recent headlines regarding Shotgun Willies, just to give our listening audience who aren't familiar with Denver a little flavor for what we're talking about. Oh, so you're saying Shotgun Willies has been in the news before. It, oh, it, it's been in the news. All right. It, well, in let's... fact, I, honestly, the Denver Post seems to have a whole section devoted to Shotgun <laughs> it's, it's, it's like It's like lifestyle, money, oh, weather, yeah, we kinda... Shotgun Willies. <laughs> <laughs> we actually kind of cover all the topics here. Here's, here's one headline. Plaintiffs say Shotgun Willie's bankruptcy filing is an attempt to avoid paying. Uh, business and commerce. Oh, there we go. Here's the next one. Shotgun Willie's ends bankruptcy case because stripping profitable again. <laughs> <laughs> how fa- good How good for them. Shotgun Willie stabbing leaves one dead, three injured. Suspect, a frequent customer, was shot and killed. Uh, the next one is shooting at Shotgun Willie's strip club injured staff member. And this is my favorite one, Russ. Uh, this is this this one's amazing. Uh, uh, another recent headline: Death at Shotgun Willies delays trial about death at Shotgun Willies. That is just beautiful. Uh, the, the setup here is that Shotgun Willies was expo- is uh, fighting a civil lawsuit against the family of a patron who was killed at shotguns after a chokehold was used by one of the bouncers to get him off the property. Right. And the attorney trial for was Shotgun Willie, trial is set. The attorney, two weeks before trial, dies before the case goes to trial. But Russ, he dies at Shotgun <laughs> Willie's. Right. He it's, was at the club when he died. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. You, you know? literally can't. I just, I just read it to you. So um, there is a great history about shotguns. That's what we're dealing with here. Um, so so let, me, let me interject here. So maybe if you're a... If you're a NBA player who has already been in the news, maybe it's not the best idea to go to someplace that has drama swirling around it all the time. That the media will find out about yes. it. And, and Russ, there, there's a whole nother thing going on with Shotgun Willies right now. Because after this story came out, the <laughs> owner of Shotgun Willies gave a few interviews and she spoke to a magazine or a media uh, service called The Source. And the owner got right into what what John Morant and his crew was doing. Uh, they said that he spent $50,000 in tips. The room was literally full of money. It was a pile you needed a rake. Uh, Morant attended with one friend, two security guards, spending $900 to book a, a room for three hours. Um, and he, he ordered hickory smoked wings, two platters of chicken strips, wow. and uh, employed the services of four dancers. The owner was quoted... Uh, he did not drink on the second visit. Uh, I'll tell you, we've had Denver Nuggets and Broncos come in here and be disrespectful and nasty. He was marvelous. The owner then also showed screenshots of the club surveillance system to the media. Wow. And so now there's a backlash against Shotgun Willie's patrons are saying, well, I'm not going to go back there because the owner is talking about the goings on of the club. Right. That is a <laughs> that is a really significant amount of detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I would... I would have advised her not to go into that yeah, amount of yeah. detail. Maybe, maybe discretion in such matters <laughs> when is you the better a, policy. <laughs> she should know that running a <sighs> gentleman's club. Right. I think at most she could have, uh, he was polite and respectful and that's all I have to say. Yeah, right. If that. Right. You know? Yeah, she could, I think she could have said that, but yeah. Well, $50,000. I mean, she, <laughs> I mean, that's, let's face it. That's, that's definitely a five-star review right there. <laughs> you want to keep that business coming. <laughs> right. Right. 
So, I mean, Jaws probably playing the Nuggets again, I would assume, in Denver sometime. I and, mean, let's bring him back. And let's be honest, if he's dropping 50K a, a shot going there, she's probably not too worried about the few schmoes who are worried about their picture in the background who probably were not coming close to that. <laughs> So that's a little bit of Shotgun Willies. And on that note, I think we're going to take a break. We're going to play Is This Legal with our podcast guests. It's a good one. Um, on the other side of this, Russ, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, John Morant. And we're going to have uh, maybe a broader discussion of how, uh, you know, whether, whether or not it should be appropriate that uh, professional athletes face, you know, monetary ramifications, face suspensions when... They didn't get convicted of doing anything wrong. Yeah, we'll talk about both the NBA investigation and Glendale police investigation. Don't miss it, and we'll see you on the flip side. Stay tuned. We are so happy to have our next guest today. Dr. Michael Guarneri is the Biological Conversion Platform Lead at the National Renewable Energy Laboratory and an affiliate faculty member in the Colorado School of Mines Department of Chemical and Biological Engineering. Dr. Guarneri earned his PhD in biochemistry and molecular genetics at the University of Colorado School of Medicine, where his research focused on protein crystallography and structure-guided drug design. Now, that's his professional life, but as I think you listeners probably know him a little bit better as the lead guitarist and vocalist for a little band called Brother Down that he was in with yours truly. Yeah, we had our drummer, Angry Dave, on a couple weeks ago, and now Mike joins us. Uh, when he's not saving the world in the science lab, you better believe that he's slaying audiences all over Colorado with face-melting guitar solos through his Fender Hot Rod Deluxe Amp. Did you forget your Cuisinart? No problem, because this guy shreds. He's also a husband and a father of two girls. Please welcome Dr. Michael Father Time Guarneri to the show. Michael, how are you, you, sir? Thank you. I'm fantastic. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Honor of a lifetime. The honor is all over on this side of the airwaves, my friend. I can smell it. (laughs) (laughs) We can taste it. We can feel it. It's everywhere. Now, you, of course, know Russ. You guys go way back. Uh, Russ we was do. one of the uh, original fans, I think, of our, our brand, Brother Down. And I mean, look, that's a, this is a really impressive uh, background that I, I read about your life. It's really impressive. But I, I'd actually like to start here, Doc. Clapton, Hendrix, Page, Vaughn, uh, Stevie Ray, not Vince. Um, have you ever consulted an attorney about suing those guys or their estates for stealing your guitar playing style? This is my first question. You are my attorney, and I have indeed considered consulting you. Uh, I would say there's room for four on the Mount Rushmore of guitarists, (laughs) and you just named five, and somebody's got to go. And I think we can all agree it's not going to be me. (laughs) I I can believe it at that. (laughs) <laughs> I could say way, way back in the day, I, I think it was the brother down Rolloween show that was referenced when we had angry Dave on as a guest. So, I mean, I haven't always been a podcaster, you know, very early on one of my duties, one of my jobs was to run the fog machine for the <laughs> Rolloween show for brother down. Yeah. And I very distinctly recall the doctor here 
playing up there and I'm sitting by the switch for the fog machine and I'm just enthralled. I mean, I'm paying no attention to the box next to me. I'm just, just digging on the jams and mid mid lick Mikey here turns around. is like, habits. Maybe we we could use some fog now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, I I don't remember those days very well because, of course, there was a, there's the tour production company and the roadies and everything to kind of take <laughs> over the takeover for for brother down, you know, after the early days. But, but those those were humbling days. I mean, you know, we had to round up whoever we could uh, to help well, us I'll out. Tell you what, Russ, you've come a long way. I mean, some would say that was your peak. But at that stage, <laughs> I, I don't believe you had a back 50 kennel. So I right, think things right. have improved since then. <laughs> right. And, you know, you did your job just fine. I've gone up in some Probably ways. Probably weren't going to keep you around some... much longer, but <laughs> permissible. Right. Well, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that bone right there. Well, Mikey, you know how this works. So, and you know, I mean, there's pressure. Angry Dave was on. And, you know, he did well with his questions. So we're, we're really generous, expecting, we're, <laughs> well, we round up at Evans McAllen. <laughs> we so we're, we're expecting, we're expecting big things from you. Uh, are you ready for your, is this legal scenario? Probably down huge in Estonia. <laughs> I can only assume so. I admit, yes. <laughs> Does a camel wide light shine bright in the night? <laughs> <laughs> All right. There, there we have it. We got to have you on more often. <laughs> All right. So here we go. I'm going to give you the scenario. You're going to tell me if it's legal or not. In this scenario, Jebediah is driving down the road, minding his own business. Colin, what's he driving? His motor car. Excellent. He's cruising along, going the speed limit, not committing any traffic offenses, when he sees those red and blue lights flashing behind him. He heaves a sigh, pulls into a nearby 24-hour parking lot, and parks. Officer Cornelius swaggers up to his door, grinning from ear to ear. Cornelius informs Jebediah that Jebediah missed court for a speeding ticket last week, and Cornelius has a warrant for his arrest. He orders Jebediah out of the car, cuffs him, and puts him in the back of his squad car. Cornelius, never one to miss an opportunity, tells Jebediah he would like to search his car. Jebediah is no dummy. He knows his rights, and he tells Cornelius to pound sand. His exact words are, I do not give you consent to search my car. Cornelius, however, is not dissuaded, and he tells Jebediah that since Jebediah is going to jail and isn't going to be driving his car anytime soon, he's towing the car. He goes ahead, gets it towed, and searches the car incident to the tow. Lo and behold, he finds 20 kilos of cocaine under the rear seats. In court, Jebediah argues for a dismissal of the drug charges due to an improper search. Will he be successful? Wow. I mean, this I guy tell knows you, this his is, uh, molecular biology. Let's, he knows his proteins. This is he knows Fourth of, Amendment of law. Browsley versus state of Rhode Island. 
which was, <laughs> I believe, later superseded by Rostanza versus Texas. Um, I do believe that Jebediah is in the right and that this was indeed an improper search, illegal search of his vehicle in that he did not provide consent. He's not just a pretty face and a great guitar player. He's also pretty smart at his lock. You are correct, Doctor. That is excellent. Now, uh, you're one for one. Can we make it two for two? You ready for a follow-up? Born ready. I, I, I suppose, Russ, I suppose before I go on, let, why don't we explain the answer? Why uh, Why is uh, is the good doctor correct here? So he is correct in that consent was not given. Consent would have taken care of it. You can always consent to have your property searched, and then there's no issues. Without consent, however, the uh, law enforcement needs probable cause to search. For this case, while you can do an inventory of a vehicle pursuant to a to a tow, you basically want to ensure that any of your property there is documented and and safeguarded. But in this case, he had no reason to tow that car and therefore that tow was illegal and the search stemming from it was illegal. Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. Now here's your follow-up doc. Uh, same scenario. Jebediah is arrested and he tells Cornelius that he does not consent to a search of the car. Now at this time, however, Cornelius looks in the window of the car, the motor car and sees what looks to be a musket in the back seat. Now, Possession of a musket is not illegal in West Hamptonshire, where we're located, of course. However, Cornelius elects to impound the vehicle and the gun for safekeeping. During an inventory search of the vehicle, he finds the cocaine and charges Jebediah. Will Jebediah be successful this time in getting the drugs suppressed and the case dismissed? What do you think? Oof. I'll tell you what. I think Jebediah is <laughs> Final answer. <laughs> and that final answer, so artfully put, is correct. Is 100% correct. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself, legally speaking. Um, yeah, when, when, the, when the cops see a gun, a firearm, uh, in a vehicle that may or may not be secured, they at that point, they have enough to tow the car get it somewhere safe. And if they search the car at that point and find the 20 kilos, yeah, Jebediah is, yeah, he's not in good shape as docs. So, uh, artfully put it, listen, you, uh, you've done amazing. I mean, you've, you've made brother Dan proud. You've made me proud. You've probably made your students proud. Uh, your family, your friends. Exactly. So, uh, doc final words, uh, would you like to give a shout out to anybody, anything you'd like to plug any final thoughts on this matter whatsoever? Shout outs to Angry Dave, the lowest of the low end, Mr. Brolin McCallan, the electric defender. Um, I'd like everybody to please support women in STEM. As a father of two young little ladies, I'd love to see a little more support in that realm. And uh, there are some great organizations you can hunt down. I don't want to, you know, Reach some FCC regulations here and say any names with any faulty endorsements. Um, but I'll say go hunt around for some women in STEM foundations and do what's right.
support your local ladies. And you can awesome. just search, we can search women and just Google women in STEM and some, women some organizations. Women in science, women in STEM. And you'll Perfect. get right there. Yep. Pick your That's favorite. a great message to leave on. And uh, obviously you'll see us down the road whenever we decide to uh, get our tour together. You know, just waiting for the final Looking details. Looking forward to it. I will say, Russ, uh, there's probably room on the tour for you. I mean, well, if, hey, if, Mike, Mike, we're not splitting. We didn't agree to that. If there's room for another roadie. If there's room for another roadie, I'm, if, I'm on board uh, for, yeah, for at least one that's a, show. That's, that's like a really, really, really <laughs> big yeah. But anyway, yeah, we'll keep you in mind, dude. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Doc, for joining us. Gentlemen, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Great to see you both. Defend on. Thank you so much. Welcome back. So we are going to keep talking about John Morant and let's start Colin with the NBA investigation because when this broke, which was almost immediately because there's a lot of people who subscribe to John Morant's Instagram page Mm -hmm. and everyone knew about this immediately. NBA started an investigation and just this week, just a couple days ago, they came out with the repercussion and the repercussion for John Morant from the NBA was an eight-game suspension, and that was pursuant to their player policy because he violated the con- he violated the player policy by committing conduct detrimental to the league. Yep. Okay. Those eight games. This is not a slap on the wrist. I mean, what I'm I'm, I'm picturing what this guy this guy's going to lose like what fifty thousand bucks. Something like that, Russ. Right. So no, that's that's incorrect. Because <clears throat> he makes he a little north of that because okay. he makes he makes superstar money from those eight games. He's going to lose six hundred and sixty nine thousand dollars. Okay, and we're talking about the number two seed right now as we're approaching playoff time. So not having him for eight games can hurt the team and yeah. hurt their playoff seeds and hurt their chances for an NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but the NBA, here's what they found in their investigation. They gave him those eight games based on that conduct detrimental to the league. They did not find that the gun was his, right? They did not find that he traveled with the gun, right? And they did not find he possessed it other than for that brief period of time when he was live streamed with those it. things are all really, really important. Extremely important. I mean, I've got to think if they found out that he traveled with this firearm, man, I, I, eight games, I would think would be um, paltry compared yeah. to what he might be facing if that were the case. Yeah. I mean, I would think I would, I would guess that he would be absolutely out for the rest of the season and, and the playoffs probably. Let's also talk about his attitude toward this, because I think that probably played a very large part in this. You know, Russ, in situations like this, sometimes we see the attorney or the spokesperson for an athlete like this come out and say, he shouldn't face any penalties. And again, we're going to talk about this in a little bit. We shouldn't, he shouldn't face any penalties. He didn't do anything wrong. Um, we're going to fight this in court. He's looking forward to entering his plea of not guilty. We saw none of that. Russ, he went the other way. He, he issued an apology. Mm-hmm. He issued an apology to his team, to the NBA, to the city of Memphis. Right. He said, I'm sorry, I let you down. Right. Um, he was apparently very, very contrite with Adam Silver, who's the NBA commissioner, because this triggered a meeting with Adam Silver, yeah, he, as well as the disciplinary team of the NBA. Right, yeah. He met with Adam <clears throat> Silver. He met with uh, Joe Dumars, who is VP, I right. think, of Player Affairs. So he went there and was contrite, was apologetic, and he he voluntarily entered into a counseling program. Yeah. In fact, he voluntarily, like 
eight game suspension, he was already he stepped I think away. Four games right. in. I think he had either. I, I don't know if he was suspended by the no. Grizzlies or if he just stepped I, away. I think he might have stepped. I away. think he stepped away. I think he stepped away. He basically said, "I need to step away. I need to take some time to focus on myself, to focus on the stresses that I'm under, and try to become a better person." He voluntarily entered into a counseling program in Florida, so he did all the right things right. to mitigate his repercussions. And I and I think he did the right things, Russ. But now let's. Let's get into the police investigation because this is something we're eventually going to be talking about here. Because, okay, so let's let's start breaking down what charges could he have been investigated for. We know that he didn't fly with the gun. Okay, right. so he's not guilty of any firearms with related to travel with with a firearm, which is good because that would have been federal. Oh yeah, that that would have that pro- that might have ended his season. Right, I, I would think, but. Um, you know, it, it sounds like it wasn't his gun. It wasn't his firearm. Right. I think that matters. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it's, you're in a much better position if someone passes you a firearm that you hold for a brief period than if, you know, this right. is actually your gun that you're responsible for that you brought into that club right. that you introduced. Right. You know, um, there was no disturbance here, Russ. The police didn't get called. I mean, that's, right. the, that's the part of the most ludicrous, uh, piece of this story <laughs> is he essentially called the police on himself. Yes. Yes. By posting this moronic video. Yes. Um, it's not like Shotgun said, hey, there's a dude it's here at the club. Flashing and, a gun. Yeah, which, which is, by, by the way, kind of concerning because it sounds like they knew he had the gun the whole time and no one reported it, but I don't know. Did, did they say that? Well, I, I, I mean, Shotgun Willies might have a really, really, really lax uh, policy with regard to firearms because it's right in the name, Russ. I mean, shotgun <laughs> willies. I mean, I assume I you think can, that only applies they, to shotguns. They, have, they probably have bring your own gun night. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you. You know, for our listeners, like shotgun willies is not in Denver. It's actually in Glendale. <laughs> right. So it's a suburb, but the suburb is entirely surrounded by Denver. And Glendale is so great, by the way. It's just this kind of little pocket. Yeah. Very and small. It, it, it's, it, it, again, I, I compared this club to Las Vegas. In a way, Glendale is like a minute, it's like Denver's miniature Las Vegas <laughs> in the sense that places like gentlemen's clubs. Um, you know, adult bookstores, things like that exist. Um, and, and there's a lot of them and and that's kind of an area of town where they have very loose regulations about zoning, things like that. Yeah. About, yeah. Things like another example, like, um, uh, marijuana dispensaries can stay open later in Glendale because they have less regulation. Glendale is, is kind of Denver's cool Little brother, do, do, black do, sheep, little do brother. Do business here. Yeah, exactly. Do business here. Anyone. <laughs> shady do business, business here. <laughs> no, it's business. Yeah, it's not shady. Just, just business. <laughs> right. Yeah, but yeah, so to your point, um, you know, no one would have known. There was, no one was threatened, right? right. The firearm was that, never located. Okay, so that's a key, that's key a key point one, here. Right. It's not like he was waving the gun around or pointing it no, or he, he was, got in a fight. He was singing. he was singing it it looked like he was having a great time i mean honestly it looked like he was having a really really good time (laughs) right um so all of these things are good for him right all of these things are good for him now the one thing the, the one charge that i think he came closest to was prohibited use of a weapon which is if you are intoxicated with a firearm uh that's a misdemeanor that's a misdemeanor offense you can be you can be given a court date you can be taken to jail uh, that did not happen here, and I suspect Russ. The reason is because they couldn't prove that he was intoxicated. I mean, you got the owner of the club saying that he wasn't drinking, apparently. Yeah, so that's you know that's that's why. But I absolutely question how deeply the Glendale Police Department dug into this because in the NBA investigation, one of their findings was 
he was intoxicated with a gun. Right. So the NBA made that determination. I don't know how they got that determination, but my guess is Glendale PD probably didn't dig too deeply. They're right. looking at this saying, we have no victim. We have no alleged victim. We have no complaining witness. Like, are we really going to go interview every um, bartender? Right. Are we going to interview every patron there? Are we going to blow this up into a really big investigation where our end game, if we're successful in the investigation, is handing him a misdemeanor summons for prohibited use of a firearm. Right. Like that is, I, I think that was probably a decision they made where they didn't have probable cause up front and they said, you know, we don't really care enough and maybe it's more of a headache than we want to pursue this and we're just going to end the investigation now and say we don't have probable cause. Right. You know, I'm, I'm fascinated by those types of decisions, Russ, um, because I, I, I think this case was super borderline. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I saw the video again. It looked like he was having a really good time, but I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm 98% sure that he had a few, um, you know, I'm not a hundred percent, but I think I'm convinced beyond a reasonable doubt though, that he was <laughs> already the... without, without, <laughs> without knowing anything. Well, $50,000 in tips, you know, uh, tips for what? Well, I, I, that's a whole nother question, isn't it? Um, my guess is for dances. <laughs> Regardless, I, I guess what I'm saying is we've seen situations like this. Let's look at Chris Rock and Will Smith at the Oscars last year. Yeah. Russ, whatever, 16 million people witness an assault yeah. that was committed on live TV. Right. This wasn't self-defense. Nope. This was one person going up to another person and flat out assaulting that person. No, no matter what statute in what part of the country you're looking at, that is assault. Right. And, you know, Will Smith did not get charged with that. There were nope. no criminal charges that came out of that. Nope. And, and um, you see high-profile cases where law enforcement make these, these decisions. I am not saying, to be clear, that Ja is guilty of anything or that he should have been charged with something. I just, I, I just find it interesting because in this day and age, we get so much information about these cases, and I don't know. I think they might have had probable cause, but for whatever reason, they elected not to charge a crime in this case. I think it helped, though, that there was no disturbance, that, right. that really it, it, this it, was just a guy very stupidly drawing attention to himself. Yeah, there were a lot of helpful things. Yeah. And and honestly, my my default position on cases like especially cases like this where there there really isn't a victim um is don't prosecute. Like you don't need to, especially on a case like this where, you know, he's facing significant repercussions. And you know, this is one of those cases, Colin, where the repercussions he faces from his job Yeah is far greater than from the same conduct, right? That alleges maybe criminal action where there's no criminal case. And this is a perfect segue to this discussion, Russ, because I want to talk about this. We did a podcast on Deshaun Watson a few months ago, right? Uh, where we talked about this very thing. We, we, we talked about whether or not it's appropriate for a person who has not broken any laws to basically be sanctioned or kind of, publicly penalized for, you know, such conduct that, that isn't a law violation. Is that fair? I mean, this guy, you said it, I, that's, that's a tremendous amount of money, $669,000. This guy is not going to make, and I know it's all relative. This guy makes 30 million a year, whatever. I, I get that. It's still a huge chunk of money that this guy is being deprived 
for something that didn't amount to a criminal violation. I'm sure there's a lot of you out there saying, what the heck gives? Like, right. what are we doing here? Well, if, I mean, look at it for someone who's not in the public eye. And that's, that's really, that's the whole point right. here, right? So if you have regular, you know, John Doe accountant where this happens to, you know, he's not losing anything. Right. Right. He's Glendale says we don't have probable cause. No charges are filed. He goes back and starts punching on his calculator the next day again. (laughs) (laughs) Working on his QuickBooks. (laughs) Like, Hey, get me that spreadsheet, Johnson. (laughs) Putting some formulas into Excel. (laughs) So he just, he's, he's right back to it without any repercussions. Arthur Anderson doesn't know the wise. Right. Right. So is it, is it fair? That that John Morant is facing this kind of public and significant loss. So, you know, Russ and I were talking about this a little bit as we were selecting this as our podcast topic this week. And and I, I think the thing we both landed on is it depends on the athlete and it depends on the conduct, right? Um, so this is what Adam Silver had to say about this in his statement. Adam Silver, again, is the commissioner of the NBA. Uh, Jaw's conduct was irresponsible, reckless, and potentially very dangerous, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said in a statement. It, is, it also has serious consequences given his enormous following and influence, particularly among young fans who look up to him. He has expressed sincere contrition and remorse for his behavior. This is a brand, as we were talking about earlier. This is something, the NBA is a business. Like any business, the, the NBA wants to get bigger. To get bigger, you have to grow. To grow, you have to appeal to a larger audience, and that is going to be youth, young right. people. Right. And this kind of conduct, obviously, we've established it's not criminal, but it's certainly a problem. Yeah, and I mean, I, I go back to Spider-Man like I often do. Right. With great power comes great responsibility. Yep. And he does. He has power. He has power over this youth segment. And I think that that does come with a higher level of responsibility that he has to, he has to face. I mean, let's go back to Deshaun Watson though. That, that was a different situation. You know, Deshaun Watson, of course, he, he was alleged to have received a bunch of massages from a bunch of different women where there might have been some sort of sexual shenanigans going on. None of it resulted in criminal charges. He was investigated very thoroughly for criminal charges. Grand juries had had those cases. And they elected to not charge him, and yet he lost almost a season's worth of earnings. Right. Um, Now, again, he's going to be doing fine. He signed a huge contract with the (laughs) Cleveland Brown. It's not like he's going to be destitute or anything like that. But it's, again, one of those situations... Do, sh- should he even should he have even been suspended, Russ? He didn't break the law. Yeah, so it's it's a similar conversation. But I mean, I'll tell you, going back to the power that these um, the the NBA, the NFL have, it's significant. I mean, I'll I'll give you an example. Back you know decades ago, when I was a DA, I was actually just a line deputy, and the Brian Greasy who at the time was the quarterback for the Denver Broncos, he got charged with DUI. His case just landed on my desk. I was a brand new attorney. I was a brand new prosecutor. And I was the one who handled the Brian Greasy DUI. Now, it didn't go to trial. It was he took responsibility. He took a plea. He went through it. But I got to see the consequences that were imposed on him by the NFL. Right versus by the court for a first-time DUI. And I will tell you, 
the NFL was far tougher on him right. than the court was for first-time DUI. Right. I mean, he had to do much more for the NFL. And again, it goes back to you know both, what both of us were talking about, both him as a brand, but also NFL's a business. Right. And they're a business, and they need to make sure they don't have people screwing up their business. Well, and, and when you're an athlete in these leagues, make no mistake, you, you basically sign documents right. that, that indicate that you are going to abide by league rules and regulations, that you're going to conduct yourself. In fact, let's talk about what he's suspended for. He's not suspended for breaking the law. He's, he's suspended, Russ, for conduct detrimental to the league. Right. So you do, in a, to a large degree, kind of sign your life away. When you become this star, this public figure, you kind of say, okay, if I, if I get caught doing something that I shouldn't be doing, I am going to have to face accountability and, for it. And I'll tell you what, you know, if, if it's me, I'm willing to pay that price. If you want to call right. if you want to pay me 50 million a year <laughs> to not walk into a <laughs> club with a gun, I, I am willing to not flash a gun at a gentleman's club. Make, I'm, I'm willing to make that sacrifice. Make that two of us, Russ. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Russ, uh, ending on this, what have we learned here? We, we learned that John ja, ja Morant almost made our dumb criminal of the week. He, you're right. Boy. Cause that was so dumb. You're right. This was almost like a big DCOTW yes. only we're without the C. Yes. Uh, so DOTW right. dumb of the week. <laughs> <laughs> this was definitely a dumb of the week. So Colin, talking about dumb, I mean, I think it is time for oh, America's yes. favorite segment. Yes, it is. The it is time for DCOTW, the dumb criminal of the week. What kind of stupidity lays before us today, Russell? So this week's DCOTW takes us to Carroll, Iowa. And Iowa. Iowa. Seems yep. like a new destination. Yeah, I'm not sure if we've done Iowa or not, but um, we're, we're going to two gentlemen in Iowa, Matthew McNelly and Joey Miller. Joey and Matthew decided to get drunk and break into a home. And basically, I think they were trying to break in to confront a man that they thought was maybe... Um, dating one of their exes, like a really stupid reason. Okay. Okay. And they were drunk at the time. Of course. And, but they wanted to disguise themselves because hmm, okay. they, they're, they're smart enough to know sure. that, you know, they don't want to get identified. Yeah, good thinking. So, so, so instead of, you know, wearing a mask or something like, like that, sunglasses, sure. something like that, they decide, <laughs> it's so ridiculous, they decide that they're going to they're gonna disguise themselves by taking a um, black permanent parker, marker mm-hmm. and coloring their faces. Really? So, so, so that's what they do. So they, wow. they color. They their, sharpie they, themselves. They sharp they, like what a, what like a six-year-old would do, right? <laughs> so, so or a drunk fraternity bro <laughs> to another or, drunk or, fraternity or, bro. Or, or a drunk, dumb person <laughs> or a drunk, dumb criminal, I should say. <laughs> so they get chased out of the house and they, they get contacted a short time later and it it doesn't take a genius to identify them as the people who were just breaking into the house since they still had permanent black They got marker. Sharpie all over their faces. Yeah. All over their faces. Um, yeah, the uh, the Carroll police chief 
uh, made a statement. We're very skilled investigators, and the black faces gave them right away. <laughs> sounds that like, sounds like they were looking for a marked man. <laughs> well, 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 oh boy! Well done. So, so they were. Um, they did not get away from it. They no. were, and and in fact, just to add insult to injury, so yeah. they're both charged with burglary, and I think it was uh, McNelly was also charged with DUI. Oh, he was drunk? <laughs> he was drunk. Well, yeah, they were well, both drunk. Right, of course. And we then keep repeating that. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. Man. So, not only burglary, but a little DUI just to <laughs> rub salt into the wound. Man, this is this is great because, you know, last week, so of course, this is where we rate the stupidity of this with our knucklehead awards. We handed out our first ones. We had a smart, a fairly smart criminal yes. last episode. And Russ, we're taking a deep dive right back into the fives here. 180 degree turn. <laughs> this is a five for me. Five out of five knuckleheads uh, for these characters. Yeah. What, what a great, great idea gone horribly wrong. Yes. Actually, no, it's not even a great idea. It's a terrible idea gone horribly it's wrong. It's a hilarious idea. Yeah, for us, for gone, you and me. Gone horribly it, right Yeah, for and us. our listeners, of course, is great. Yeah, I see nothing redeeming about it. Um, I can do nothing except give them a five. They didn't have a clear intent. They failed in whatever their intent was, and then they made sure they got arrested <laughs> and charged with everything possible. <laughs> Iowa making a debut uh, with a solid 10. Nicely done. Coming in hot Iowa. <laughs> right. Well, um, that's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, please uh, give us your feedback on this episode. If you have any ideas for future episodes, we'd love to hear about them. You can email us directly if you send an email to denvercrimelaw at gmail.com. Many of you have emailed us. We appreciate that. Um, if you want to find us on social media, we're at Is This Legal Pod on Twitter or on Facebook at Hebbets McCallan. Russ, you got anything else? Nothing else. Everyone be safe out there. Don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Is This Legal? See you next time. 